Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms, legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello there. Welcome to another fantastic, this is really a fantastic edition of Bill Roden on Sports. We've got a, well, I'll tell you, guys, it's a really special guest. Of all, our, of all our special guests, this may be one of our most special guests of all. Now, you know, anyway. Hey, uh, in fact, not only do we have a special guest, but we have like a, a super fan here of the special guest. Can you guys, anyway? Yeah, he's a special guest to me. Yeah, yeah. Jo- fan. Yeah, yeah Jamal. Boy. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, in fact, I may just let Jamal Murphy just take over this segment. But this is Jamal Murphy, who's our sports attorney guy. Of course. And a, and a tr- tremendous, tremendous uh, Mets fan. We'll get into that later. Brian Delendek, our wine guy, who's, who's not who's not such a uh, – but go ahead. He's a Yankees fan, but that's all right. It's deja vu all over again. But. <laughs> and our special guest is the great Omar Minaya. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know about yay. the great. <laughs> those uh, are big words, great. No, Let's no, great. No, so I, we, 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 no, man, we use them sparingly here. You know, a lot of great people. I mean, Ron Carter was great. Right. Gail King, I think Gail King. We have some great people, but you are definitely. Uh, you got some big great, names there. Yeah, like no, no, names. no, man, no, man. The great Omar Minaya is now yeah. with the uh, uh, the uh, Players Association. That's right. Uh, we, and I, I really want to. Clearly, everybody now today. I mean, you know, in New York, everybody wants to talk about the Mets, 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 and we're going to talk about the Mets. We're going to give people their due, uh, and I want to get to the bottom of something that's been sort of a debate. Um, but I also want to get into there's some really pressing issues. Uh, that are facing uh, labor issues, facing mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, Players Association, the, the least of all, not which, where are all the black and Hispanic managers and general managers? It's kind of ridiculous. Um, so I want to really cut into that. Mm-hmm. But we'll give people a little bit of dessert first. We'll serve the dessert first <laughs> and kind of let people kind of, yay, talk baseball and feel good and all that kind of stuff. But first of all, how are you doing, Omar? Welcome. I'm doing good, Bill. It's great. You know, as you know, um, I'm back in New York. Uh, I started with the Players Association here in uh, January. Mm. Uh, had a great opportunity to. Um, first of all, I had you know past three years, bef- three years before that, I was with the Padres right. in uh, San Diego, uh, commuting to California. Great place, San Diego. You know, good people, good organization. Uh, but I had the opportunity to come home and spend some time. Uh, uh, with uh, my family, mm-hmm. more time with my family. Uh, I have a 16-year-old boy with the name. Who's uh, a big, big-time ball player? He's a baller. He's a baller. <laughs> you know? So he plays out here, and you know, he's in with that famous uh, Deuce All-Star team in Brooklyn. Who has a lot of history with mm. uh, Sebastian Telfair, and mm. I think uh, you have other names. I say a Whitehead, Tiny's out there. Tiny's the coach. Right. You know, uh, is that you right? Got, you got Marbury. So you got that group of guys. Wow. So he's out there playing. He had a great. So for me to be part of his life and be part of this uh, his development was important and I had the opportunity more important to work with Tony Clark mm-hmm. uh, you, you go and the guys know Tony Tony uh, taking over the Players Association and you know I, I just you know I've always been one to believe that the game is really about the players mm-hmm. uh, and to be able to, to you know to be on this side of the aisle now and to be that person to be on management and then come over to to the, the player side and see both sides of how the business work and be able to bring offer uh, to the players association some of my history with the pending issues that are going to be coming up in the next uh, agreement. Uh, I thought it was exciting and mm-hmm. I feel very glad to be here to be home and 
Yeah, you know, I'm just a New Yorker. You know, this is this is what we're about, man. Right, this right, is home. Right. New York is home. You know. Right. How, I mean, we're going to get this later, but um, what what are you doing with the Players Association? It's almost like what they did to Troy Vincent. You know, like Troy was like, you know, wanting to be the. Uh, they did in reverse. Troy was going to be the. You know, he was a big time player. Then he was running for to be the director of the Players Association in football, mm-hmm. and he kind of lost that uh, D. Uh, but And then what happened? The NFL snatched him right up. <laughs> you know, here's the sort of reserve. You've been on the opposite end. You've been on the on the yes, the baseball on the management side. Yeah. Just curious. How, I mean, we, I, I do want to get into that. But what's that like? I mean, you spent most of your career in the front office. Uh, yeah. I, I you were, but most of your career in the front office. Yes. What's it like? Kind of being on what the owners would call the dark side. What's it like? <laughs> what's it like being, you know? In this? Uh, you know what? Uh, that's a good question. And before you make that step, you got to think about that, <laughs> you know, because the history of labor and management uh, in sports and especially in baseball has been one that uh, has been at uh, times contentious, if you want to call it. Yeah. And, uh, but that being said, times have changed. You know, uh, changing times. Uh, I think that. Uh, you know, um, you know the change itself, uh, and I say this. You know, I had great relationships with the guys that were here before us. You know, Michael Weiner, who passed away, yeah. had a great relationship with him. Still have a relationship with Don, and was fortunate enough to have a relationship even with Marvin Miller. Uh, mm. So, uh. you know, I was one of those management guys that was always trying to be open minded and kind of mm-hmm. understand. Uh, you know, and I can get back to it. So, you know, people will sometimes say, hey, you know, you, you like the players too much. Well, I, I found that to be cool. Exactly. You know what I mean? Hey, the players, because this game is about the players. Right. Um, it's, it's a different yes, uh, but the reality is that, you know, it's kind of, in the end, you know, you there's some, there's going to be differences, but there's some stuff that people can work out together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I find it challenging uh, to be at the table of the decisions of the game. Uh, I always said that when you work for a team, you wake up in the morning, and uh, if your team wins or lose, you feel like you're working out, you have coffee, you have breakfast, you feel good when your team wins. Uh, when your team feels bad, you just you loses. You don't feel that great. When you work for the Major League Baseball or the union, it's you're indifferent, you know, mm. and you kind of mm. root for people. I like being a sports writer. <laughs> so uh, it is a difference, you know. And I and I look, I applaud uh, Tony, and I thank him for the the uh, division and the opportunity to come to a looking at it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn this over to Jamal in a minute because I know that he, not, not, I'm not going to turn I'm not, gonna, I'm not turning anything over to you but but I know that you've been you get some questions you just dying to ask um, but one thing I want to set let's, let's set the record straight I mean everybody in, you know in, uh, you know, in New York one of the debates has been, well, whose who's responsibility? Whose team is this really? You know, who put this team together? Is this Sandy Alderson's team or is this Omar's team? And I know that at the end of the day, Omar, because who knows, you want to be back in baseball, so you got to be diplomatic. But but just, just, just curious, I mean, how many, let's just, for all the listeners, Bill Roden of Sports, you're going to hear, hear first from the horse's mouth. Who are the players on this Mets team that you actually draft that that you're really responsible for? Is that the is that the question that you're really responsible uh, for? I mean, you know, he, I'm, you had a. I mean, it's clear you had a hand in a lot of the you know important players on this team. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I just wanted to know how you feel of, not about you know whose team it is, but uh, well, well, who well, you you know who you're you know you're proud of who who you who surprised but wait, before you. we get to that diplomatic question who did you actually on this team <laughs> oh, God. yeah who did you draft now see, well, see first of all, let, let me, let question me, number let, one let, you got to get to the heart right, you got to right, get the right, heart of the right. matter 
No, seriously. I, I know the answer though. We know yeah. the answer. I, but do, do our fan, do our fan, do our, does our audience know the answer? Right, right. Yeah. Very hot lights on Omar right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this is. I mean, this is not about taking credit. It's right. about the, yeah, right. a, a matter of statistics. I, I drafted this guy. I didn't draft this guy. Right. Well, let's, let me start off where you started off. You, know, you said that I want to get back in baseball. First of all, I am in baseball. I'm working for the Players Association, so let's go. Second of all, I do not have no appetite to be with the club, just to let you know that. And really? I say that, yeah, because I love what I'm doing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing. That's got to, second of all, <laughs> let's get to the team and uh, the Mets and the uh, credit and the players. Uh, you know, first of all, I, as far as the players – Bill, uh, yeah, there's a, yeah, there's guys out there that people know that either I was, and I used to say I didn't get because I don't use the word I. I think right, it's right. a we. I think right. it's an organizational thing. I think you know I can tell you being as a general manager, you're kind of in that chair and you let your people. I was one that you hire your guys, let them go out there, you kind of check in and you follow up. And yes, there are big decisions that are made. You know, if we're going to take the number one guy, Harvey, well, I'm you know I'm going to see him. Right. We're going to give a lot of money on the floors. I want to see him. Uh, but there are some guys that you know I saw maybe on video, but really they belong caught under the umbrella of the of the team when I was there. Um, you know, a, a Daniel Murphy. He was mm. under the umbrella of when we signed him, but I couldn't tell you we saw him. In the, you know, as a general right, manager, right, right. you don't see a 13th exactly. rounder. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> right. you know uh, right, right, right. the grime you see on, on film. Uh, so there's a group of guys that you bring in, yes, and there's a lot of guys that you brought in that are in are part of that team. Uh, but that being said, I just don't think it's a, it's a one-person team. Right. I think it's an organizational team. I think it's especially this team. You know, um, it's a team that's uh, there's not a, it's not Sandy Johnson. This is this is his team. You mm. know what I'm saying? Now there was a lot of people. There are a lot of people before we got to where this team is today that contributed. I just happen to be a contributor like everybody else. Whether it was a scout. I contributed in the sense because I was a general manager when those guys came on board. Yes, but that being said, you know, I'm always, you know, those guys that, you know, the, the guys that signed some of these players and, you know, I, I'm big on the, the, the scouts, I'm big on the developers, I'm big on all those people because it's a process. And baseball, like no other sport, you know, you know, we we follow a lot of the basketball draft, the right. football. Well, that's instant. You know, I mean, you know, Jerry Reese, a good friend of ours. You know, mm. we come on, Jerry, you got to start winning some games now, okay? Because <laughs> we're rooting oh. for you. But Jerry's the kind of guy, and in the NBA, you know right. that. You know, the guy that Nick took number one. Well, that GM owns that because right. he's seen him. Right. Baseball is different. You know, the guys that we signed back in 2007, 2008. You know, they pop up now. Right. It's funny, we're talking about Nelson Cruz. You know, one of the, early in the year, when I was with the Mets as an assistant, one of the early guys we signed was Nelson Cruz back in 1998. Well, Nelson Cruz took 10 years Mm. to get to the major leagues. Mm. Right. And then, so... I think I answered your question with some of the players. <laughs> and more important that it, 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 it's a group effort. That's right. what it is. Now, 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 mean, to, now yeah, to Jamal's My, my diplomatic question. Right. Um, <laughs> who, you know, are there guys, though, that you take a special kind of uh, pride in or, you know, you, since you saw them at an early age that, you know, um, that you're, you're happy for, you maybe surprised that they are, they are doing this well? Anybody, you know, one or two guys? Uh, in this team or over the years? This team. In this team, yeah. Well, look, I, I think that, uh, 
you know, for me, uh, I'm looking at a guy like a Familia, mm -hmm. who's kind of we saw earlier on, and you know, I remember seeing him, a Robles, who we saw earlier on, and we said, let's sign this kid. You know, I think a Tejada, mm -hmm. a kid that we signed as a 17, he was hitting uh, ni at 19, hitting in the major leagues, uh, mm -hmm. doing well. Um, I think there's no doubt that you have guys like, I mean, for me, I, you know, Murphy's a great example of a guy because I never thought he could play second base, mm. and I give him credit for being out there and doing it. Uh, right. So there are certain players, you know, Harvey's the kind of guy that you saw. You know, when I saw Harvey, I mean, he he they score like six runs on him in two innings, and you know, and and, and that's the kind of thing is you 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 stuck to what you believe in. Look, we're in, a, we're in, a, in an era of quantification, I say. Where everything is quantified and numbers matter. Right. Uh, that's not, you don't, you, don't, you don't sign a guy after he gets hit a lot. You know what right. I'm saying? So all these guys have their own little uh, I, uh, identity, the old memory recall that you have, and you go back to those guys. And, and above all is the person, you know. You know you, I'm big on those guys that are overachievers, guys that go, you know, that, that made themselves and as players. How'd you feel about the Harvey issue? I mean, you know, um, I mean, were you ever in that in that situation where an agent or whatever said, listen, okay, you know, I only wanted to pitch X number of innings and, you know, uh, and I don't know if that's an error thing or if that's what, but, but without, you know, getting in the middle of it, and in some ways it does affect you because you're not with the Players Association, you got to take care of the players. How do you feel about uh, that that situation with Harvey? How delicate is that? I just it's hard for me to speak about something that I really don't know about what happened, what conversations was had, Bill. You know, being in that chair, I just don't know. I don't mm -hmm. know because I know that usually in those situations there's conversations had, and then when it comes out to the public, what's in the public, I just don't know. So mm -hmm. to me, it's hard for me, and especially me, you know, being in the players, so to comment on something that I don't have the facts. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you you were always I mean great with the media and so you sort of know what what this game is like I think near the end maybe it got a little contentious because it's just the nature of what we do yeah. what you do you yeah. know yep. uh, but my question what, what was it like being on top in New York with the Mets you know you could remember the time when yeah. you guys were yeah. like rolling and yeah and and yeah. Uh, and particularly about the Yankees because everybody I mean it's right that's real that that's a real it's a real, I don't even call it a rivalry. I think the Yankees probably don't see it as a rivalry. But it's a real great relationship yeah. just in terms of fan base. What was that like uh, being, being? I thought, if, you know, not only was it like, it was a great experience for me because not only, and you guys that know me, you know, I bleed New York. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> you were born in Queens. I bleed the boroughs, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm a borough guy. I bleed the boroughs, <laughs> you know. I can talk to you about Queens. I can talk to you about the Bronx. I can mm -hmm. talk to you about the different, you know, Brooklyn we were just right. talking about. And for a guy that bleeds New York and to be in in the center of New York and, and take this franchise uh, that, you know, I, I mean, remember I grew up right next to the stadium, to be the general manager of that team mm. and then to have that team rise and to be able to do it uh, with another New Yorkers next to you, like Willie Randolph, right. having a New York kind of sense of uh, yeah. of a team, uh, that was exciting. And, and, and the thing, and then like you said, you're right. You know, I always had a lot of respect for the media. Always be available for the media because guys do their jobs. You know, and, and I understand just because you are available doesn't mean that 
as a New Yorker that people, <laughs> you know, we you know we are all opinionated, you know. Right. <laughs> right. So I, you know, I knew that. And I don't take it personal, mm. but being the team, watching the team do good, and at that time you had the Mets do good, the Yankees do good, uh, and the city because I just, you know, this has been a city that loves baseball. We all know we have our other sports and we have great sports, but this is. You know, some cities you can tell this is this is a baseball city. Right. You know, I always yeah. say that this this is the only city. You know, Christmas Day you're gonna pick up two ta- you know two tabloids and they're gonna have the back page in, in the middle <laughs> of the football season. Right. They're gonna have a free agent signing all over front and back. Uh, so it was definitely you know it was great because you felt like you were contributing to to your city. You know, it wasn't like you know a guy comes from another part of. Right. The world, right. city, right. you know, when you contribute to your city, you know, it's a different feel. So you, you grew up around, like, uh, starving Mets fans. So you, might, you had, had to bring some sort of pride to, to be in charge when, when they resurfaced. Yes, of course, because you know the history, you know, you right. live the history, you know. We've all, for if you grew up in New York and, you know, you love, you also Tom Seaver. We were part of the, and I say it maybe a small, some of us were small in 69, but, you know, we all know Ed Charles. We know, you know, that miracle of 69, <laughs> and we know the 86 and what happened, and we know. So, but, you know, to see the city engaged, and you, a you know, as a general manager, a pretty big part of that engagement and watch the city, you know, you know, we all know that, hey, you know, not, you know, as a baseball fan, you know, the worst thing in the world is when you're not in the, when the summer is, it's, it's over early. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Tell me about it. You know yeah, what i speak, Speaking of which, I, mean, I guess we, you know, no conversation passed. So I, mean, I was telling one of, uh, one of our deputy editors, we got all these Mets fans. You know, uh, in the office, they're new though. Uh-huh. I think they're new. Well, well, now Jay is Jay Schreiber's my oh, age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like no, it's a bandwagon. You know, you really, well, I'm seeing a lot of new Mets fans all of a sudden. Well, you do see a lot of hats, year. hats all of a sudden. Right. He's hats you never. But but how how painful was the you know the should we say it when you had this tremendous lead? Oh, and they start shrink. Yeah. Do you ever forget that? I mean, not that's <laughs> no. I mean, no. no. <laughs> you just reminded no. him, Bill. No, I'm not going to tell you. I'm, I'm not going to tell you. I forget about it. How can you? I'm not. I, maybe I'll that was forget. You. Forget wasn't it? But I mean, I, you know, I guess people like me bring it up. But that was um, it stays with you. Yeah, if you yeah. care, right? If right. you're honest, right. you know, right. if you care and you're honest, it stays with you. I mean, you're up when you're up seven with seventeen to go, and you kind of like, you know, it's like. And don't get me wrong, it's just you know, you you, you and when you care and you live it, and and there's no doubt, uh, you you live it. You say to yourself, you know. What if I did that? And you can drive yourself crazy. Now, nah, don't get me wrong. You, you know, it's painful, and as years, you know, as time goes by, you you tend you, you tend to less think about it. But right. this, you know, you, you when you when you care as much as we care to be in this position, to be in this game, right. and whether it's you invested as a fan or as an executive, you know, if you if you care, it stays with you because that's that's just part of our being. It's, in the same way, the good moments stay with us. Right. The bad moments stay with us. <laughs> uh, was there? I mean, was there a point during that? You know, you 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 got you're you're up. What was it? You were up. Seven, seven with seventeen seven, to go. Yeah. So you know, do you think? I mean, I know a lot of times people always think of the glass half full. Other people have empty. Did you look at the cast and no, this is not going to happen? Then no, no, this is not going to happen. Man, I was just doing on praying. I was going holding on to anything I can. <laughs> you know what? I but I was of the belief that you know you got is 
look, anything can happen in right. sport. It's got to be closed out. We've all followed sports, you know. But you also, I think, you sense a momentum, and uh, it was a moment that you just didn't feel right. You know, we got a couple of injuries there along the way that hurt us, mm -hmm. and we knew they were big injuries. And then when you find a weakness, and, you know, when Delgado gets hurt, who's mm -hmm. carrying the lineup, and and then you see the other team rising, and you know, and, you know, you you just sense a moment, you know. Like I said, I, I like with the Mets, what's going on right now. It's, I was just talking to some some friends of mine with the Mets, and you know, this is everybody. Everybody says, okay, is it going to happen again? I mean, I don't think so. I think that you know, you don't know if anything can happen, right. but it's different. Sir, it's different when a team is coming up and a team is going mm. down. The, the the dynamics were there, like you know, with some of the injuries. You and know, who was we that had, the Phillies at the time. At the time, the Phillies. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, because remember that was Rollins. Rollins was just always had something to say. Well, it wasn't uh, Rollins. Rollins was not there at the time. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Rollins was the guy. Yeah, Rollins. Remember, Rollins opened the year. Yeah. Uh, right, right. Jimmy. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and he said they were the team to beat, and, right. and and he was a gamer. Got to give him credit. Uh, you know, I think he's a gamer and. You know, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's a winner, man. So he's he's, he's a good guy. He's, he's a, a great guy. guy. And it's great for us, you know, just to kind of stir stuff up. He's a great guy. What was it like, uh, again, you know, we always talk about the Yankees, uh, and Brian may want to chime in here. What was the view of the Yankees, uh, just even front office? I mean, I know the reality of what really goes on in the front office is completely divorced from whatever we write, you know. Mm -hmm. But what's what's you've been in the front office going to work every day. The Yankees are you know business partners, although they're in another league, competitors and all that. What what what's it? What was it like, um, sort of being in the same city with a team, a franchise like the Yankees? And do you see them differently now that you're in the Players Association? You can sort of represent everybody. Well, I mean, uh, when you were the team, and when I when I started with, the, you know, when I first started with. Uh, uh, with, as the general manager with the Mets, you know, uh, look, the Yankees are a, a brand that's probably one of the biggest or the number one sports brand in, in all sports as far as the brand itself, you know. Uh, and the, and during those years, they were still at the back end of that great teams that they had with those guys, whether it was Bernie and Mariano. So they, mm -hmm. they had won championships and all. Uh, so first of all, you know, are you going to – are you going – get into a ring with the Yankees as far as competing against them on a free agent level, that's just not, you know, you're not, that's not going to happen. The record has shown that, that they're going to outspend anybody because their revenues are so much. But I felt at the time they they are a, you know, they are a competition in this town. Mm -hmm. And that comes back from being a New Yorker and putting a plan in place at the time that we have to compete we have to at least compete right. with some of those free agents. And, and that's what we did. And we went out and we got Pedro and we got Beltran. So that was a part of it. Yes, the Yankees will force you to do that, mm -hmm. you know. And you, but now, to a point, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. and, and so that's how it was with the Yankees. It's You see them, they're there, they're to a point, you're competing because you want to be able, you know, there's going to be, they're going to go out and get a, the best quality players. They're going to buy whatever it is. No, we're not going to compete with them on on the on the volume of free agent level. But we need to kind of at least do something and build around. Maybe not around. They may have signed six, seven, eight, eight free agents. Well, we need to sign two or three or four and build around that. Mm -hmm. That's that's in your that's part of it of being internal. Mm -hmm. uh, but are we going to because the Yankees do something? We're going to do something? No, mm -hmm. no. It's a, it's part of a plan, and they force you to put a plan in place <laughs> of. Of, of being in the market as far as free agent. 
Mm-hmm. As far as being in the union, you know, all I can tell you is they are a a, a franchise that's going to do everything they can, and they have the revenues to do what they can to provide the, a winning product. And mm-hmm. there's no doubt that the teams that provide, that go out and expend, are going to give their teams and their fa- their fans the best opportunity uh, to whatever the word is, win. And what is the definition of winning? Look, if you get in the playoffs, you 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 you've done you, you've had a successful year. They've held back this year a little bit, though, haven't they? In terms uh, of free agency and. Well, who did they sign this winter? Did they sign anybody this winter? Well, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Well, they, no, they no, no, no. They talk about the Yankees. Yankees. The Yankees. So anything that Yankees. comes out of Brian's mouth. Yeah, is about I'm trying the to think. This year, who have they signed this year? I mean, I, I know that they brought up Bird to play first base for Teixeira when he got hurt. Right. And Severino. They wouldn't trade those two guys. They right. Were off limits. Everybody, you know, for all the different big free agents that were out there. Right. Like David Price. I was hoping they would get David Price. Right. Soon, but you know. Yeah. Well, and, and like I say, you know, that's a lot of time that's happened. You're fortunate to be ahead. A lot of times when you're forced, if you're two or three games down, you're fortunate to say, okay, I'm going to have to give this up and give that up. But, you know, to your point, as far as holding back, uh, you know, when you're ahead, you have a better ability to hold back. If you're two or three games down or you're even, and don't get me wrong, I mean, it's it's not a, it's not a slam dunk that they're going to be in the playoffs because they still, what are they, two and a half away from two Toronto, and, tonight, yeah. and then I think their closest team is four games back. Right. Uh, the Houston Astros. Uh, four games back, yeah. you know. Do you so. think when the Yankees don't make a splash in free agency, do you think that sends a message to the rest of baseball that the people, the other teams are happy that the Yankees aren't trying to snatch no. up all that? No. no, I don't think so. I mean, I just think teams, you know, teams operate among what what's what's in their plan. I think mm. you put a plan in place, and you know, I, I'm pretty sure that if 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 a team in in the Eastern Division, uh, you know, the yeah. you, if they don't do nothing, then they're happy. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> right, Most right, of the times, right. but that's how the teams think. Mm. You know? Back to the match, Jamal. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned, you, mentioned uh, you know, you did some spending, and, you know, you signed Delgado, you signed Beltran, you signed uh, Johan Santana, among others. And that's, since you left, that's kind of uh, changed, and that might be due to outside sources. I mean, you know, there are a lot, there's a lot of complaints now about uh, the Mets' ownership being unwilling or unable to spend. Uh, you know, how do you feel about that? Have you, were you ever uh, uh, cash-strapped to, in order to, you know— no, I was. I, I always. They were always treated me you know, as far as you know my plant and all that. They were always very supportive. You know, I could tell you that. You know, when I was there, you know, we went after the players, uh, put a plan in place. Uh, um, a lot of these, you know, guys like you know, you said Beltran, you said Martinez, Delgado was a trade, but I was adding on contract. Uh, we got Billy Wagner. Uh, you know, we ended up getting different players. We had some that, you know, some worked out better than others, unfortunately, for uh, which we got uh, what Bay, was the, Jason, Jason Bay that mm-hmm. now worked out. So those things, yeah. But, no, I was very fortunate, you know, and, and I know that. But when I was very fortunate, um, we, as and I say we as an organization, as a group, we had the support. We had to put a plan in place. We had to explain our plan. Uh, and we did that, you know. And so, no, for me, you know, I, I, can, I can only speak for when I was there. Uh, the support was there for me to go out and get the free agents. It's time to talk about one of my favorite things, fantasy football. Gambling. Fantasy, Gam- well, fantasy football, I like fantasy to call football. it. You call it gambling, I call it fantasy football. But DraftKings, your season-long fantasy football team may be, may be going strong, but you don't have to wait until week, week 16 to get paid. 
Put your fantasy skills to the test every week this season at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. <laughs> With one-week fantasy, there are no season-long commitments. Mm. Got an injured player? Love it. No as I do already, as I'm sure everybody does. Tony no Romo. problem. It's like a new season every week, so you're, you're never stuck with the same players. Right. And get this. Cut them. DraftKings is crowning a new millionaire every week this season. Right. That means you could turn your love of football into the payday of a lifetime. Mm. Wow. Get rid of them. Just Cut pick em. your players, pile up the points, and pick up your cast. That's it. Believe me, you've never experienced football like this before. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now. Use promo code RODEN, R-H-O-D-E-N, and play for free for your with your first deposit in this Sunday's $1 million fantasy football contest, where first place takes home hundred grand. Well, do I get 10% of this? I wish I did. Enter RODEN, R-H-O-D-E-N, for free entry now, only at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Before we move on to another segment, let's just let's talk a little more baseball about the playoffs. What do you what do you what do you think? What do you think? First, let's start provincially. You know, Mets Yankees. What do you think? And then just broadly, what do you just think of of, of how things are shaping up? Well, I, I think you know it's uh, and for our DraftKings segment. Right? <laughs> okay. Look, I think it's it's uh, you know some usually some teams some years are. Uh, our teams are closer together in the pennant race, you know, and and I think with the two of the second wild card, which I think is great, gives another team an opportunity. Um, sometimes you got five, six teams fighting for that division. You, there is a separation. I think it's been a separation so far this year. So it's, as far as pennant races, teams close together, you know, bat neck and neck, uh, you know, with a second wild card too right now, it, it it's a little bit different. Uh, so, you know, the teams that are leading the way, where how many games removed that we are uh, maybe 12 games, right. t- 12 games removed, I think it is now, mm-hmm. and where we're going to be. So you see leads of six games, you see leads of seven games. Those teams are pretty, It's you know, it's, I don't see it going down to the last day. That second wild card is going to get close. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the second wild card has worked in giving teams opportunity uh, to feel like the season is not over. Do, do you like that, going, you know, on that wild card thing, do you like the one game? Uh, wild card that they, you know, wild card game they have. Now? I, you know, I mean, I think the way it's been set up right now works. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way it works. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's going to be discussion of other things. Now, there are some issues with that because if you play, if you play two out of three, then you you almost, you know, what about those teams that won out early? And you know, one thing about baseball is one thing you don't want to do is kill momentum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why you see these wild cards team winning. You see like teams that win the wild card because they carry momentum mm-hmm. in. Right. So yes, you know. So I, that that will probably be. I, you know, I'm guessing there's people discuss those things. But the way it's set up right now, I think it's fine. And I'm one to look. I, I am a traditionalist, but I'm also open to some change. But you got to be careful when you start changing things. Mm-hmm. That's just me personally. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. Do you think the Mets can win the World Series? <laughs> could they? <laughs> I mean, if you get into playoffs, you could. But <laughs> you know, look, you don't, so you don't like the chances. Be, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, I got to be very. Very careful when you right. when you work, work for the union. <laughs> uh, so who you rooting for? You have how many teams? 30, 37 teams. <laughs> so I gotta be very careful. You know. Now I, look, I can. <laughs> well, well, I, well, you, I can you speak can set your heart. I mean, you, you spent a long, long time there, right? Queens, man. I look. You know, I'll let you. I'll let you guess that. <laughs> uh, are you? Are you in the? Well, I, I kind of. You and Willie are still very close. Oh, very right? close. Yeah, but very that, close. That, and that was. Yeah. I remember. I kind of covered that. That was such a bizarre. Thing when you kind of had to fire 
Willie, and it was so bizarre. And I'm kind of in the middle of it. I remember yeah, I like, kind of took it. I, I like Willie a lot. I like, do you, too, we talk. Yeah. And I'm like, Ali, man, yeah. what are we gonna do? You know. But take take us through that just in terms of. You know, I've never had since I've been in the business. I've never had like my boy be like the the executive editor or the man. You know, I've never had like my really close a good friend. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, he says he says regrettably, <laughs> but I've never had like a really good friend sort of be like the boss. What 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 was that like? And for a while, I mean, it was great. I mean, it was great on yeah, the field, off the yeah, field. Yeah. What was it like though when you knew you kind of had to pull the trigger? And it really, was tough. You know? It was very tough because you got to remember, you know, first of all, you know, I, I when when I decided to go with Willie, I didn't really know Willie that well. I knew him as a player, as a New Yorker. I didn't know him that well, but I do know Willie, uh, you know, as a as a New Yorker. I knew him uh, as a as a guy who was a you know, competed, was a winner and all those things and we had a good relationship and, and look at his record right now. Willie has a very good record, you know what I'm saying? And and all that. I, I think what happened, Bill, and I talked to Willie a little bit about that and we talked a little bit. After the losing out in 2007 mm-hmm. uh, with seven up, 17 to go, you know, you know this town. The yeah, pressure gets right. a little bit different going into that that year. Next year, you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so now it's a little bit more highlighted. You expect it to win, and at the time, it, it was kind of a you know, it got to the point that you know, there was a lot of, and I say this, you know, when you lose like that, the team is playing five, you know, games under 500. Seven, even though it was, was a late June, uh, going you know right about late June, um, it just it got to the point that it became such a distraction, his job status mm-hmm. that when the game was over, you know people would not even talk about when we won. <laughs> right. People would talk about that. Right. See what I'm saying? Right. And you can see it in the, in the clubhouse, and it was a tough decision to make, and uh, you know. Uh, you know, but when you take these jobs, you know you're gonna have to make some tough calls. You know, right. and, and 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 like I said, me and Willie are very good friend, and I think the world of Willie. And I, you know, along the way, always, you know, we we have breakfast together, and I'm I think you know personally, you know, he he deserves another chance, yeah. and I hope he gets another chance because look at his record. His record is over 500, 544 winning percentage. There you go. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? So. Uh, yeah, it was tough. It's always tough to, mm. especially people that you like. But look, when, when you take these jobs, it's tough sometimes releasing a player that you feel. Mm. So, it, but you know, it, it's it's it, it was tough. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and and I saw segues into our next segment because he hadn't gotten a job yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if if you knew then what you know now that you know he he's not gonna get another <laughs> job. Well. <laughs> Maybe you keep him for another year. But but what what is that? What what you know? We've spoken about this over the years. You know, because you know although. You know, you're a baseball guy. I think you know I'm very you know about you know people of color, black. But we talk about that a lot. You know, mm-hmm. and you, you know, and and what what's what do you think is happening um, in baseball? I mean, here here it is. Uh, you know, uh, X number of years after Frank Robinson became the first African American uh, uh, manager. I think it was '75, uh-huh. right? Now here we are in 2015, and you've got um, one Hispanic manager uh, in, in Atlanta. And and I think is he still is, is wasn't he still the coach and uh, still the manager in, in Seattle? Yeah, uh, uh, yes, the McClendon. Okay, so I'm still checking every day. Yeah. But <laughs> so so what is that? I mean, what do you think about that? A just as a former baseball person, a somebody who's in the union. What do you think that's about? Is it 
just a cycle? You know, I can't speak for other people, Bill. You know what I'm saying? All I can tell you, I can speak for myself. When I was in the management position, I always felt that, you know, when I'm going to hire people, I really did not look at what, you know, I don't, didn't matter to me. It was more about giving, you know, bringing in a pool of, you know, diverse opinion, diverse people into the pool and giving people, a, a, you know, a, an opportunity to at least sit down at the table. Mm. And, and you're talking to a guy that probably went to about 10, 12 interviews. Mm. Remember that? So That's I was right. kind of in that as, as a general As a general manager. Well, prior, prior to getting. Prior to right. getting my opportunity, you know, and I'm, I am fortunate, you know, the, you know, I, I got the, my first job, you know, first of all, it was as an assistant with the Mets and. You know that was uh, you know you know Mr. Wolpon who kind of felt the law and that gave me that opportunity. From there, I went to uh, to Montreal and that was the commissioner Sealy that gave me that opportunity because that team was being run by Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always prided myself in helping other guys out, helping guys, preparing them for an interview, giving you know because people helped me out. Bob Watson was a guy mm-hmm. that would talk to me about certain things. You know, so there was always this. It's like almost people you give back. You know, they steward me and steward close, and we talk and we feedback. We give feedback to others and to ourselves. You know, uh, but I think it's just about getting people. Um, and it takes look people. I know there's there's a, I believe there's a commissioner initiative that you have to hire a certain amount of people and all that and and you the know ceiling rule or something like that yeah right? and, and, and and you know and that thing you know those kind of things were. Uh, you know, at that time, it was in the leadership of Len Coleman who really helped a lot. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh, you had Len and all that. So, look, I, I just think that I can speak for myself and say, hey, look, when I'm in a leadership position, I'm going to bring in diversity into the potential hiring process. You know, it's got to take some. It's got to come from inside from people to do that. Well, that, I mean, you know that, that's, it's and a matter of will. It's you gotta. It has to be. You know. You want to gotta want to do that. You gotta understand that that's by bringing different. Uh, it's gonna make the organization better. Uh, you know, and like I says, it, it, it. Look, we know it's been something that we always talked about. We've seen cycles. Of, you know, I remember when I was in the GM meetings. At the times, we used to have a you know a lot of guys from the the, the stewards of the world to Kenny Williams of the world. And there's a lot of guys, whether it's in managing or front office. You know what I'm saying? That are you know, all they need is a job. All they need is an opportunity. It was, it was a chance. It's yeah. a chance to even just interview. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And uh, so we'll see. I mean, to me, it's it's something that we you know we you know, and as I know, you as a writer has uh, you know has been has been writing about these things, and that's right. great because I think. There are some people that they need to be reminded, and when they're reminded, they'll do the right thing. Well, know? maybe because we have the same issue in sports writing, as you know, because yeah. we've talked about this. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. you're, you know, I'm writing about where are the black man, and you give these press conferences. Where are the black reporters? <laughs> you know, where, you know, where are the black? Where, you know, if you go to our, our press box, yeah. it's like you know, 1955 or something <laughs> in terms of black folks. And, and yeah. to me, it's always just a matter of. Do you really want to do this? Is it? I mean, well, that's I, it's I, in your heart, as you say. It's, you either want to do this. Oh, you don't. It's got to be in your heart. Right. It's got to be in your heart. And, you know, and, and, and there are people that have that heart, and you hope those people that have that heart step out. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, how do you think, um, it's interesting, you know, Cuba's opening up. Yeah, that's an interesting, very and that, interesting Yeah, because for a long time, because you were born in the Dominican yeah, Republic, yeah, you came to, I yeah. think, the, the, to New York when yeah. you were like eight, nine, uh, Eight like years old, yes. Eight, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm just curious with that dynamic because for a long time, you know, the Caribbean has been sort of the, the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Although we've known Cuba's got this tremendous 
history yes. of great players. Yes. How do you think now that Cuba is quote unquote legitimate? I mean, it's opened up formalized relationships. You know, how a friend of mine was just in the Dominican Republic. They saw the huge academy mm-hmm. that's there. Mm-hmm. How do you think this is going to reflect sort of the, the balance of power? What what impact is that going to have, do you think? Oh, I think, I, I think you know, when you first start looking at Cuba as from a historical standpoint, uh, not only in baseball, but music. I know things like jazz, yeah, things that right, we like. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, right. like jazz yeah. and other things. That's right. Uh, cigars. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Wonderful. That's right. Rum. <laughs> <laughs> Quality of life issues. Right. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, but that being said, baseball, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just it's very, very interesting because you know, we are going through a, 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 a period here, in this, you know, now where we say, look, baseball, it's, there's other sports, you know, baseball was a dominant playing sport, you know. Uh, so now a lot of a lot of the athletes, you know, are, we're losing some of the athletes to basketball right. and football. It's about over here. Yes, uh-huh. and football. So some, you know, Cuba can fill in that void. You look at these guys coming out of Cuba right now, Offensive guys, the Tomas of the world, the Abreos of the world, the Puigs of the world. You know, the list goes on and on. Cespedes. You know, we're just talking about Mr. Mm. Cespedes. You know, mm. the Mets fan's going to say Cespedes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> see, and that's a that's a void that from from our end of it. Now we have we're getting great pitchers here in the states, and we got some good players. You know, mm. there's no doubt. But it's been pitching dominant what we're we're producing. And meaning, and the athletes because we're playing the other sports, football and basketball. So Cuba has a chance to fill that void besides what's going on in the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, and all those other countries. And Cuba, before the embargo was in place, they controlled the international baseball market. It was mostly Cubans. A few Dominicans, a couple of Puerto Ricans, and mostly Cuban, with a rich history of baseball, um, so yes, I think, and that's one of the reasons that I'm enjoying, because these issues are going to be brought up as far as when we get to the next, uh, 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 you know, you know, the labor negotiations. How, 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 how does that handle? How, that? how, how is that going to affect? I mean, can you use the Dominican Republic as an example? Because I know you know you were trying to. Some people are arguing for a world, an international draft to stop the exploitation. Um, is you know? Well, I don't know about the word. Ex- wow. ex- stop the exploitation. That I don't know okay. what that means. Well, what I mean, I thought some people were thinking that you know you'd sign players from the Dominican Republic for for you know little or nothing, you know because there was a hunger there, and they were saying if you just had a world draft, a global draft, and everybody was drafted, then you wouldn't have. You know, everybody would be kind of playing the same fee. Or, I know. I'm speaking yeah, and as you know, historically. The Players Association has never been anything that's um, that's a a, a cap uh, or anything of that sort. The drafts limits players' choice. So historically, the the the, the Players Association has not been. Don't for want that. to draft. You, you know, know that's right. just anything to limit a worker, an employee. Uh, you know, that's that's just union. Right. You know, the union right. when that does not any union doesn't wants its 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 worker to. Whether you know it's employee or the, the worker that he represents to have as much choice as he wants, so that has been the a union's position forever. And as far as international draft, we've been people have been talking about an international draft back from you know way way back from years. You know, uh, is it ever going to happen? Is it going to happen? Well, look, it's going to keep the look. I can tell you, it's. 
talking about it and actual implementation, that's a, that's a very difficult thing. You know what I mean? Just the actual administration, and, and that's where uh, one of the reasons you say, hey, you know, here you are. I've been in the management side. I've seen how it is. And to be able to bring that, uh, that thought process to uh, labor, that's one of the reasons I enjoy being part of where I am today. Mm. Let me ask you a question. Do you shave? Yes. You do shave? Yes, I do. Well, let me ask. This episode, okay. you, know, you may not know that. This episode is being brought to you by Bevel. Bevel is the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse, curly hair and sensitive skin. Do you have coarse, curly hair? We're going to try to get you some product. Okay, I like it. I love that. <laughs> now, yes. I, now, I was telling the people at Bevel who I, must listen to this podcast. They've nice. got to. I came home. You know, I spent a couple of weeks in Paris. I came back, which is going to be another segment, by the way. I came back. And there was this box waiting hey, for me. Let so me I, get some of that. Yeah, man. It was like it was like the the, the, the you, not only you get the shaving thing, but you get the little brush. Hey, let it. Cause I and, shave and every day. You do. I shave every. We're day. gonna have to. We're gonna have to talk to the people at Bevel. We got to get. We have to take care. It sounds of, like a good product. It's a great product. Okay. Really, I, 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 I missed some shot. I missed some spots because I shaved in the dark. Well, I got you know I got a bald head, so I got to shave the top. Oh, you got to shave the top yeah, too, yeah, so yeah, you yeah, get yeah, extra work, yeah. extra product. Uh, so we say you know, so start shaving smarter. Say goodbye to razor bumps with bevel. Check out getbevel.com today. Use Bill to get twenty percent off your first month at getbevel.com. That's getbevel.com. Bill. No, no, no. Getbevel.com. Who's ever writing this copy, man? Because I really, I'm thinking, can I, can I do it? Can I get 20% if I use Bevel? I mean, if I use the <laughs> getbevel.com. You got code? it for free, though, Bill. Uh, well, I want to take care of all <laughs> my people because this is, this is really, anyway, but Bevel is a great product. Um, uh, I, I know, you know, I know you got to leave. Just, uh, you know, speaking of Cespedes, I mean, Cuba. Yes. Um <laughs> What do you think Cespedes' uh, worth is in the free agent market? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in your, you know, your GM hat. When you're in a team, you think different than you're <laughs> in the union. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with the union, brother, so time. hey, man, come on, big guy. <laughs> okay, generally. Oh, wait, man, wait, have wait. you ever seen a guy turn the team around like that? No. <laughs> I'm selling for him. <laughs> but let me ask you a question. Let's just speak in general terms. Sankar, if you're the general manager, you got to start. What do you? I mean, this is sent me to the, the thought process. Let's let's not so much Sussman's guy. I want to get you, but just in general, because it's hilarious. If you're the general manager, yeah. comes up. What do you have to do? And when you're the in your in your position, what do you have to do? It's two different approaches. Well, I right? think. Look, I think the front, there's one thing that's the. That's across the board. You just have to be straight and honest. That's what you got to do. That's universal. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what it is. And you give people. You know if. You, you tell people what you think, you know, and uh, you, you, when you're a general manager, you're looking, you got to be honest and tell them this is why, your opinion, whatever you think it is. And then the other side, you're honest and you tell them your opinion <laughs> on why you think it is. <laughs> but one, but one, you, like, Jamal just said, one, if you're from your point, man, you got to get this guy the world, the moon. He just turned your team around. Yeah. Now, General I, manager, I, you got, well, at, you know, his, he doesn't does polish his shoes enough. Look, no, no, no. I, and that's where, that's the way I'm, you know, that's that's where the pro player comes in. I've always been pro player. I say, hey, look, you know, I don't look at it in a negative. I look at it in a positive. Hmm. Hey, when you have a, you know, anytime you have something, a decision that's like that, if you go about it on a negative light, that's just not the way. I never, I never thought that way. Right. I look at it from a positive standpoint, mm. and to me, it's you know, you know, that's just the way you approach it. And 
from this side, of course, you're going to look at it like anything else. It's easy. I mean, look at the history of what guy and let the market. Be, there is no. That's why you have free agency. <laughs> let free agency play itself. That's right, as Marvin Miller would say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, hey oh, I know you got to go, um, but uh, and I, we will try to take care of you with with the shaving. But but uh, Brian, our wine guy, has a little presentation for you. Oh my God, I love guess. that. Yeah, you do drink wine, don't you? Oh yes, I do. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> oh, yes, so I this do. This is a lovely Pinot Noir from California. So huh. my friend. Seth Kripe, it's his effort, and okay. it's really nice, nice and rich and lovely, and you're gonna like it. I love it. Hey, I'm, I'm. Except that on the. I tell you, guys. when I get these diets, and they tell you, hey, you know, I tell them from the beginning. I says, I'm not giving up the vino, and I'm not giving <laughs> up the that. olive oil. Okay, <laughs> it's just not happening. So whatever it is, is not happening. Vino and the olive oil. I have a glass on Yogi Berra tonight. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Yogi, yeah, yeah, man. We got yeah. now Yogi's passing. That was he had, a, as they said, a great run, man. Great, great run. And you were a catcher. I was you, a catcher, catcher yeah. so you could, you could appreciate. But you him. know, he was just such a kind man. Yeah. And his wife, I believe, was name was uh, Carmen, or I forgot what was his name. I forgot his wife's name. She was. Uh, but just a beautiful, uh, beautiful, you know, couple. And even though in, late in the years, uh, where there was a, at a foundation, you know, he would, he would remember, you know, he just come over and make you feel like he, like he, he, he like he cared for you. We talking about guy, guys, you know, I was somebody told me he was in World War Two in Normandy or something. Mm. But he was ninety. Wow. Well, he's ninety when he passed. Right. Uh, wow, this is just a lot just of history. Uh, a lot of history there, and uh, I remember him being a manager for the Mets in '73. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Remember that? That's right. You know? That's yeah, right. Carmen Vera. That's right. That's the, you know special, oh, wow. special people. So yeah. our prayers go out to them and, yeah, and the family. Yeah, God bless them. But hey, listen, oh my, hey, you got to promise to come back. You got because we have a whole nother. We haven't even gotten to your. We just scratched the surface. Yeah, we just scratched the surface <laughs> of the great <laughs> Omar Minai. But listen, man, this is this is a, a it's a pleasure. It's always great talking to you, and we'll get to the Rucker soon. Oh yeah, next year. We'll, hey, I've been there every Les year, Payne, man. We'll get... I was, I was there this year. I was at the Rucker. Well, you see know? now you got because your son now you kind of invested yeah. now because yeah, your, your son right. is like that's in the right. we, we may be here about you know, your son. He was there asking him to play at sixteen, and I'm like, yeah. hey, come on, you got to play. This is history. Did he play? No, no, no. He's still a little bit. You know, they get rough out there. You know what I'm oh, saying? Come on now, see. Oh my, now, now see. Here's this. We'll say we'll we'll do this in the next segment. But see. You know how our kids are. You know, you grow up rough and tough yeah, and rough yeah. and tough. But then we have these kids, and we want them to give, feed them cookies and milk. Oh, and no, 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 it, no. Know. Listen to me. I'm in. Right. But, I, you know, you said a 16-year-old kid is going to be playing against these guys. He gets a little intimidated. So yeah. we're working at it. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Okay, well, but I, 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 sure. I, I think that, you know. I go back to the record, back to the days of a helicopter and right, all that guy. You know what I'm saying? The goat. Who was the goat? There was the a goat, guy Earl Manigo. Yeah. yeah. I go back to those, yeah. you know. It was each one teach each when one it was called. Yeah, yeah. We actually had Carlton Green. We had a playground legend yeah. on our show. It was a great call. Anyway, hey, listen, Omar, thank you so much. Best of luck, man. We, we'll, we'll get you back here very soon. All right, guys. Great talking right. to you. Great, just good conversation here. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.